Hello, and welcome to SaaS Marketing Insights, the show where we ask SaaS founders, CEOs, marketers, and investors about the lessons they've learned in their quest to grow their companies. My name is Paul Stevenson, and I'm founder and CEO of SaaS marketing agency, 47 Insights. On today's show, I have an interview with Jason Reichel, CEO of Go Nimbly. Hope you enjoy it. I'm here with Jason Reichel, uh, CEO of Go Nimbly. And uh, Jason, can you explain uh, to anyone who doesn't know yet just what Go Nimbly is? Because you're a new kind of operation. That's correct. Uh, so we are the world's first, as far as I know, but the world's first revenue operations consultancy. So can I stop you there. Yes. What does that mean? It means that we use a very specific generalist approach to operations. Uh, centered around a couple of skills, which we can get into later, but mostly it means uh, breaking down silos in organizations. So what we really focus on is either acting as or transforming organizations into being a new kind of model of a revenue operation. So I like to liken it to going from traditional development to agile development or going from manufacturing to lean manufacturing. So revenue operations is this idea of a centralized operations team mm-hmm. that doesn't report to, say, the head of sales or marketing, but directly the COO or CRO or CEO, and they're focused on one thing, which is driving revenue for the company. Okay, so so it's mostly sales, marketing, and ops? For uh, it's, uh, so the, yeah, so the functions, I'm, I'm trying to... Yeah, so if you think about your standard go-to-market team, being yeah. sales, marketing, customer success, yeah. maybe some people consider finance part of that because they interact with the customer. That front-end, thing, that front-end team, which we call the go-to-market team, is your front-end UI. Yeah. to the customer, right? The revenue operations team is the supporting function that supports that team holistically. So instead of having sales operations, marketing operations, customer success operations, you would just have revenue operations, and that team would take care of all of the operations for the business. And you're just doing this just for SaaS businesses? Just for SaaS and past companies. Yeah. Um, because of the dynamic nature of SaaS and past businesses, their operations need to be very uh, flexible and moving basically for each milestone that they might go through in their, their company's trajectory. And because of that, revenue operations makes the most sense. Any organization should adopt it. I think you know, 15 years from now, you'll be seeing Coca-Cola going through a transformation of revenue operations. But it's just, we're in a marketplace and we get to experience this and change companies rapidly. And so we focused on that niche at Go Nimbly. So we're based here, or we're in your offices here in San Francisco. Correct. Uh, so I guess you're working with a, a lot of companies in the Valley. Uh, you want to tell us some of the, the names, people you're working with? Sure. So, um, we're, well, we have offices in New York and here in San Francisco. Um, and we're primarily working with large enterprise SaaS companies right now. So, Zendesk, Twilio, PagerDuty, those kind of organizations. Um, we focus primarily on stage C to IPO companies, really, when operations become a key value differentiator for your organization. We want to be the default consultancy for all SaaS companies. Um, but just because of the structure of it right now, we're kind of focused on, on that area right now. So uh, you must see working with a range of SaaS businesses a, a whole bunch of different challenges. Uh, you know, they're in different uh, vertical sectors and industries, yeah. uh, but you must see these repeated patterns of challenges. Yeah. So, you know, how do you guys like step in and get to understand a market uh, one of your clients is in and, uh, and help 
to solve the challenges for them. Yeah, I mean, I think the main thing to understand is a lot of the companies that we work with are after the same milestones from a business perspective, yeah. right? And we have uh, always been pretty data-driven here at Go Nimbly. So we know if you're going from stage B to stage C, you're probably going to scale your marketing team. And because you're going to scale your marketing team, you're going to need to do these operational work streams. We don't use the term projects because we don't think of it as a single thing. It's an ongoing thing. Go Nimbly is actually a subscription-based consultancy. So very much like the SaaS model, they pay monthly. So you yeah. match your model with, uh, with the customers, right. Yeah, exactly. So that we understand all the pains they feel for that model, but also all the advantages that they have as well. And so we'll help them move from one major milestone to another, say, scaling their marketing team and setting up all the infrastructure, process, tools, enablement, and insights necessary to really scale your marketing, for example, in that B2C space that you might be in. If you're going to IPO, it's really about helping them become SOX compliant and other things like that. So as far as where we map, we map these projects to where they are as an organization. To understand their specific business, we actually deploy a team of revenue operations consultants to them, and they actually act as if they operate that company. So uh, we manage right now about $216 million a month of reoccurring revenue for our customers. So that makes wow. us work managing around $2 billion um, it makes us the largest operator of SaaS business in the Valley, if not the world. So for us, it's really about understanding how these organizations need to grow, where they need to invest. You know, there's a lot of smart people here, obviously. <laughs> um, but I think one of the key things that we realized is even if you get a world-class operator in and say they're the COO or the, you know, they're your operations person, the chances that they've seen sales territory management at where you are as an organization is probably, they probably touched it about four years ago, mm. right? We are doing that work stream constantly for, mm. you know, in the last 18 months, we've seen pretty much every work stream four to five times. And so we have the ability to be very up to date. Whereas even if you hire someone who's very, very operationally sound, there's going to be that lag time, right? And in, in the environment that we exist in with SaaS companies, uh, that lag time can cost you a lot of competitive advantage. Right. And I think what we're always trying to do is make sure that we are maximizing the potential spend LTV of every single prospect that our customer converts. So, you know, one of the things that we've noticed is when you're a traditional operations company just siloed into these individual silos, maybe you are, you know, you have your your KPIs. You know, if you're marketing ops, you're trying to increase open rates or whatever you're trying to do sales, you're trying to increase pipeline. All that's fine, but what ends up happening is that operation team as a whole only has about 10% impact to the revenue of the, of the customer. So that kind of means a standard operations team, the way that we look at a standard operations team, is if they stopped hiring sales and marketing people and the operators just did their job, if you were a $1 million company one year later, you would gain 10%, mm. right? Because you're, you've gotten more efficiencies down, mm. you've uh, scaled your customers, you've cross-selled properly, you've done all these operational things. With revenue operations, because that's one team and all they care about is the revenue impact, you can see about 36% increase. Wow. And so that's the delta, where we tell people that delta between 10 and 36 is because you've taken your eye off the personalization of the customer because you have your teams operating in silos and they fill the gaps so they don't spend as much. Yeah. And so that's kind of what we're trying to eliminate. We're trying to eliminate the gaps customers feel um, through operations. So I'm trying to turn operations into a revenue source instead of a cost reduction center or worse, you know... A, viewed as a cost center to an organization. Oh, absolutely. Um, so you're one of two co-founders, is that right? Uh, yes, there, there's uh, two co-founders and two par uh, three partners. Okay. So there's five of us on the leadership board. So how did you get started in the world of SaaS? And uh, you, you mentioned earlier that you started out in marketing, right? Yes, so I started out in marketing. 
and very quickly just kind of fell in love with tech. Uh, and I was uh, working at a company called Rackspace based in San Antonio. Yeah. And uh, while I was working there, I worked on the first redundant server cluster, which was, would become what Salesforce is built upon, which would become basically the cloud, right? And I was like, this is really interesting. I'm very interested in it. And um, I ended up working as a consultant uh, at a SI of Salesforce's uh, for about 10 years and running very large delivery teams, um, but always really focused on the idea of you know, marketing, sales, buyer um, kind of experience. And you know, I came out to Silicon Valley, started a, uh, an arm of that business out here. And got seduced by you know my love of marketing and product. I ended up becoming a product manager, became a VP of product at a couple of Salesforce uh, back companies. Um, and then while I was there, I was like, man, I really love doing this product stuff. But I kept having this nagging feeling that you know the companies I worked for had great products, but they didn't have great businesses. Yeah. And I was like, man, I would hate to see this product not exist in the marketplace because we don't know how to operate. We don't know how to scale our sales team. We don't know how to market this properly. <laughs> exactly. And so I was like, I think there is a little bit of a need for me to use my skills and understand how to operate these businesses at scale and kind of show these organizations how to operate their business because I want them focused on building an amazing product. You know, if you go to Saster or any of these kind of events, they'll often say like, hey, the fact that you're in this room probably means you have an amazing product, but how you operate your business is actually going to be the difference between you know, the success you want and the success you could have, mm. right? And I, I think that's a, a really important message, and, you know, and there's a lot of things changing in Silicon Valley right now, you know. I think when I started 10 years ago in this, in this space, you know, the average age of a, of a startup founder was, you know, 26 or 27, and now it's 33, 34, and I think what's happening is, like, it's, they're not their first go-around. Maybe they've had something that failed, or, or maybe they just know they could do better, and so they're more open to these ideas of operating more successfully, than they ever were before. Yeah, I think everybody sort of knows what the ground rules are now, whereas, you know, I mean, SaaS is a relatively young industry, isn't it? You know, the, that as a delivery mechanism, you know, 20 years for, for software, but, you know, subscriptions go go way back. And and so we're all standing on the shoulders of giants Correct. And, and learning. Yeah, and everybody <laughs> you know, wants to do the ne- be the next sales force, you know, uh, you know, and I think that the, the pressure is so much higher than it's ever been for these organizations yeah. to deliver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially with investors. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Everyone wants a return and it went yeah. yesterday. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, we work with a couple of VC firms and we see even, you know, they're taking, spending the same amount, same amount of money but willing to, you know, diversify it across more mm-hmm. companies. Mm-hmm. So that means you're not going to get as much. So you don't, as a company, a SaaS company, you don't have as much ability to waste you don't have much ability to just rely on growth numbers to really push you forward, yeah. right? You need to show that you can operate this business. Yeah, it's got to be efficient. Yes. So, um, so how long has Go Nimbly been operating? Yeah, so we've been operating for five years, but in this model for the last three. Right. Uh, and we've seen since we've adopted this model 100% year-over-year growth. Uh, this is the first year that we're actually marketing the company. It's been all referral based um, <laughs> up until that point. So Just all word of mouth. <laughs> all word of mouth. Yeah, and uh, you know, hey, I think there's a better way to do this. Um, and so we're starting to market the company, and we expect to double again next year, and, and hopefully continue to do that for the next couple of years. So, what do you see? Um, you know, you're one of the players in this market. How do you see what you're doing uh, changing the way that 
SaaS businesses operate going forward? Uh, being a lot leaner and meaner, outsourcing, mm-hmm. RevOps. Yep. Uh, do you see any other big changes? Well, I, you know, I think in general, you know, you know, this is my bold statement. There's going to be people who are obviously watching this or listening to it who are going to go, this will never happen. But I think that it's very a very real possibility that 25 years from now, companies will not think twice about BPOing out their entire operations, uh, everything to a company like GoNimbly, mm-hmm. right? Who want essentially uh, to ha- know that it's being run well and know that all this kind of stuff is being implemented and it's at the right p- place and time to scale it. And so my, my big bet is that you're going to see a lot more uh, BPO offerings emerge yeah. uh, in the marketplace. A lot more of like core competencies. You see this already in accounting. You see yeah. Atrium and, you know, in the law firm tech space. You see a lot of these organizations that are really service companies. So if I, if I really made a bet, I'm going to think that we're going to see a big investment and a big wave in technology-enabled service companies. Yeah. Um, who... You know, you see it with Uber and all these other companies, which are for the consumer side. And usually the consumer side is, is an indicator of what's going to happen on the B2B side, right? And so if, if I can provide the same kind of experience at much cheaper and at much higher scale, I think that a lot more organizations will uh, really take seriously BPO and that or, or using a uh, service company to run major parts of their business. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's just all about efficiency and they can see there's an opportunity to make it more efficient. Um, it's about efficiency, but I think really what it's about is allowing them to focus on the core of what well, they're good do, at, yeah. right? Uh, I cannot, I've not met a CEO at a SaaS company that wakes up every day passionate about the operations of their systems processes, <laughs> you know? And uh, so, you know, when you look at that side, like you want the people who are passionate about that to be doing that work, yeah. right? And it's not something where, you know, I, don't, I can't tell you how many times I've seen someone in marketing as soon as able leave marketing and go work on the product. Yeah. Right, and that's because in those organizations, it's not really as sexy to be part of the operating mechanics of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you need those people who do believe and who who find that job to be sexy, right? Yeah. And, and you know, everyone at Go Nimbly at, at their heart are an analytical nerd who you know really wants to make these companies operate better because we feel like our job is to make the workflow of our customers more enjoyable. Right? It's more enjoyable to. Uh, do have the work be less hard, less cumbersome, and get more return out of it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Everyone's so they, enjoying themselves a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. They concentrate on the stuff that they're good at. You deliver the Absolutely. stuff that you need to do for them. And the end result is more efficient, but uh, everyone's happier as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Happiness is, a, a, is very important here in Silicon Valley. Cool. Um, so how do you see that interface, you know, the, the, the role... Uh, changing because um, I know you guys you've got a chief revenue officer here correct Um, how do you see you know this BPO movement changing the way that the organizations and the service interface Um, well the first thing that I think that we have to sort of acknowledge is you know yes subscription model yes SaaS companies all that's relatively new in the marketplace but 
all of our business is still built on this very traditional idea of siloing the organization into these very strict departments, right? Yeah. And you have sales, let's just do marketing and sales as an example so we don't have to name yeah. everything. But you have marketing and sales, and if you know you do a Google search, the first thing you'll see is misalignment come up and you know ha- the word handoff, which I don't really believe in, and you know, all these kind of things. It's artificial barriers. Artificial barriers, but your customer yeah. doesn't your customer doesn't want any of that. They don't understand it. Yeah, and, and, they don't in, care. and in the B2C space, customers demand all this level of personalization, right? And the B2B space we act like they have to you know they have to be exposed to how the sausage is made all the time and i I think what's really interesting about those silos um is you know we have the ability in the tech space to break those down through technology and process training Mm -hmm. actually using data and yet we don't and so i think the big question is why are we so it's probably natural for us to want to silo there's a lot of you know if you if you go back in history and kind of look at the story of you know, the silo syndrome and where it comes from, it's pretty natural for us to want to do these things because we want to be told we're good and we have to rely on a bunch of other people. It's actually very difficult to get that same result. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of advantages for the silo, but the the main disadvantage is that you can't grow your organization and you can't become, you know, you can't steer it in the way that you want to. There's too many too many individual boats, right? And, and it's really hard to push it towards towards this goal. Yeah, it's like a flotilla of ships. Exactly, right. And so ultimately what we're trying to accomplish is sort of narrow that down to to one north star that everyone can drive on, which is what we think is should be revenue, yeah. right? And everything around the organization is, is around that, and everything becomes, you know, from metrics to indicators, right? So all of the marketing metrics and stuff that we used to care about, they become indicators. Are we pointed in the right direction? Are we still yeah. moving forward? But the the entire organization can move towards this one thing. Once you have that piece where the organization can move towards one thing, it's much easier to add on things like go nimbly or you know, other services, because it's easy to point those in a direction. It's even easier to hire people. It's even easier to use other services. It's easier to, you know, bring contractors on. It's just, it's much more fluid and you can actually move much faster. I find that a lot of organizations, you know, to take a very specific, tangible, uh, tactical thing, they'll want their, they want to trust their data, but they know that their data is bad, so they can't trust their reports, (laughs) right? And and you just look at that and you go, okay, so you could apply that across the board. Lots of companies want to work with GoNimbly, but they feel like they couldn't take advantage of our holistic offering because they're so siloed, because they're so broken right now, right? And when do we make that transition to, okay, we are going to move forward and we are going to point ourselves in this direction and kind of align Mm -hmm. align all the ships, all the boats, right? So I think that, you know, one key thing that's happening in the industry is things like CRO coming up, because that was the original question, right? And with the CRO coming up, what we're actually saying is, we're actually going to put someone who is a generalist, uh, you know, chief revenue officer, is going to be kind of in charge of sales and marketing. They're going to be in charge of revenue as, as as a product. They're going to be in charge, ultimately, hopefully, of the operations piece of that. And they are going to manage this in a more generalized fashion. And when you do that, then what you have to do is pick things that are in common between all those silos, yeah. right? And as soon as you do that, you start getting cross-functionality yeah. be built into your silos, which yeah. then change your entire organization. <laughs> alignment happens, right? You, you, the reason alignment doesn't happen is because you're not aligned, yeah. right? And that, I think people like think like, oh, well, we are aligned because we all want X product to be the best product in the world. And that's really not enough from a yeah. day-to-day perspective. It's hard to understand how your job's tied to that. Yeah. So, so I, I kind of see these these sort of roles that are generalists getting more um, status, right? And people are looking for them, and you know, and like a lot of times, like people have this very clear idea of a CRO, and what they'll end up doing is just promoting their best salesperson 
to CRO and they actually won't know how to operate and they actually won't know anything about marketing. And then the marketing team kind of is still over yeah. here, right? So there's, a, there's still a little bit of posturing right now because people don't know. I, I read this state of uh, revenue operations, which is a guide they released. And it said that 46% of SaaS companies are trying to make a transition to revenue operations as a framework. But of those 46%, 76% of them were failing because they didn't know how to do it, right? And so, you know, we're in a very dangerous place where people are hearing, oh, there's a better way to operate, but there's not enough people who know how to operate that way to actually yeah. guide people the right way, right? Yeah. And so all these companies are going to try this and they're going to fail. And, you know, I don't want... My fear, right, as GoNimbly is, I don't want revenue operations, which is really a transformational operating framework, to be tied to people who don't know how to do it mm. because there's not enough information out there right now. So that's why I'm doing podcasts like this so that we can talk about it so that people start to understand, oh, there are companies that know the how of this. Not, not that there's a transformational need, not yeah. that we're trying to break down silos, which is all, I've never met someone that says, no, that's yeah. not true. But really there is a how and there is a practical way of doing it. Uh, and so I think what I'm trying to do with Go Nimbly is paint that picture of how companies do it. Because I honestly don't care if you use Go Nimbly. I think of us as a doctor. If the problem is severe enough, you're going to come to us. We know how to fix it. We know how to build long-term partnerships with you. But ultimately, all businesses from day one, when you're in a WeWork, you, know, you should be using this framework from day one on how you're going to operate your company. It will save you so much money. It will save you if you're a founder, it will save you giving away parts of your company that you don't have to give away to found, you know, oh, all of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, I think that's what's changing. I see a lot of people eager to jump on. I see CRO title being one of those things that someone's eager to jump onto because it's easy to create a title and put a job posting out there on, in yeah. the world. But there's still a lot of mm, lack of meaning right now in definition. And so I think that we'll see in the next 12 to 13 months, yeah, I don't know why I picked 13, but 12 to like 18 <laughs> months, I think what we'll start to see is just more definition coming into the how. You know, what, what is actually the job of a CRO? Yeah. You know, what is actually the, the function of a revenue operations yeah. team? How do they operate? Who do they report to? You know, I get all asked all the time, do they report to marketing or they report to sales? And I'm like, well, whoever has the closest relationship to the customer uh, and, you know, wants to make that happen, that's who they should report to because ultimately everyone should be working in service of the customer. Absolutely. Yeah. Jason, that is a, a fantastic summary about what you guys do. Yeah. Uh, I know you're a bit jet-lagged. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I think you explained that very well. Thank you very much for your time. Yeah, I awesome. really, really appreciate uh, getting to the bottom of what revenue operations is all about. Huh, great. You guys do it. I'm, I'm glad you were able to do it so, so quickly. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jason. For more info on GoNimbly, please visit GoNimbly.com. For more info about this show and to get our links to iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher and YouTube, check out www.47insights.com. And if you have any SaaS marketing insights that you'd like to share on the show, please get in touch. Until next time.